Welcome back to the Pearls and Pearls podcast. I'm your host, Peter Kay. I hope you've had a great start to your week so far. Now, this episode is gonna be something a little different. If you're the kind of person that you like to take notes already, get your notes app up, get your pen and paper, because we're gonna be talking about some deep stuff in today's episode. Not so deep that you wanna switch off if you're feeling like, I don't wanna get into the deep stuff today, Peter Kay, but it's really gonna be something that's gonna get you thinking. As we're coming towards the end of the year, we all tend to get quite reflective and I think it's going to be a great exercise to get you thinking about something that you've probably never thought about before. So don't run away, it's going to be helpful, I'm sure it will. And for me when I did it earlier, it definitely got me thinking and it forced me to look at some things that I hadn't actually looked at before. We often speak a lot about emotional intelligence, especially on social media. It's one of those hot topics that's always floating around, especially when it comes to relationships and the lack thereof sometimes in prospective partners and people that you're dating. But we don't always look at emotional intelligence from a personal standpoint and the ways in which we may lack emotional intelligence in certain areas. I know for a fact, if you'd asked me five, six years ago, am I emotionally intelligent? I'll be like, yes, I am. But when I really look back at certain times in my life and how I dealt with my emotions or lack thereof of dealing with them, I can see that I wasn't very intelligent sometimes when it came to my emotions or when it came to certain emotions. There were times that I was very anxious about certain things, but I wouldn't necessarily identify as anxiety. There were times that I would bottle up my emotions or I would ignore them, or I wouldn't allow myself to really get to the root of certain things because I would just be in that state of getting on with things. And if I couldn't, if I wasn't having a breakdown about it in my head, I'm fine. I was always kind of in that survival mode when it came to my emotions. And there are a lot of times that I would deflect or I wouldn't truly face what I was feeling or what I was experiencing because in my head, I had to be strong, I had to keep moving, I had to be moving by faith. And as a Christian, sometimes I feel like a lot of Christians, should I say, do not manage their emotions well because they think, oh, you know, I need to be someone that lives by faith. I shouldn't give in to my feelings. I shouldn't go live by what I feel. And of course, you shouldn't live by how you feel. If we lived by how we felt, there's a lot of things that we need to do that we probably wouldn't do, right? But I think it's important to be aware of your emotions and to actually deal with them in a healthy way. And I do feel like a lot of Christians and people of different religions, you kind of stuff your feelings in a box and you don't really deal with them. It's very easy to hide behind faith, to hide behind religion when it comes to emotions and not actually deal with certain issues. And when you do that, it just creates a lot of other issues. You'll find that you're constantly having the same patterns and they're not gonna be broken until you actually address the root of those problems or those unresolved issues that you have. And we all have them. We are human. You know, no one is perfect. We're not superhuman. And faith does not exempt you from going through difficult moments. Faith does not exempt you from experiencing traumas in life. And it's so important, especially now that I'm getting older and I'm in more of a state of you know, really facing my issues and not ignoring them and just being more in touch with who I am and how I deal with things and really looking at ways that I can deal with things in a healthier way because some of the things that I felt was was great or was working for me in the grand scheme of things was just not healthy when it came to actually dealing with my emotions and how I deal with situations in general. 
what we're essentially gonna be doing today and what I'll be sharing with you is helping you to create an emotional inventory for yourself, a well-being cash flow statement, if we can put it like that. Like businesses, you have a cash flow statement of your assets, your liabilities, your income and your expenditure. And essentially what we're gonna be doing is doing that but for our emotions and our well-being. So firstly, I want you to think about your assets. So your assets emotionally and for your well-being are going to be things that bring you joy, things or people that benefit your personal development and your well-being. It could also be things like activities, people, habits. And I want you to really take some time to think about what are your assets? What are those assets to your well-being? What are those things that you do that really bring you joy? It might even be activities like going for a walk, exercise, you know, just being out in nature, spending time with your loved ones, spending time with particular people. It might be adventure. Maybe that's something that brings you joy. It could be even having time to yourself. Like for me, that was definitely one of the things on my list. Alone time is really something that I love. Even if my alone time is just me watching some silly videos on YouTube or just me just reading, reading is definitely something actually. And I didn't put that on my list. Now that I'm speaking about it, other things are coming to my my head. Before I recorded this episode, I took some time to really think about what are the things that bring me joy? What are the things that I would say are assets to my life? Who are the people that I would say are real assets to my life that really bring me joy, that add to my personal development? And of course, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's all yes people, people that agree with you or think like you. It could even be people that challenge you to be better, people that will call you out when you know you're doing something that's a little bit out of character for you and people that have your best interest at heart. So I want you to take some time to really think about that and make a list. This list is for yourself. You can share it with someone if you wish, but you don't have to. I just think that as we're coming towards the end of the year, it's so important for us to make these kind of reflections because oftentimes, what do we do at the end of the year? We start thinking about how the year has been. We start making plans, making goals for the next year, but These are often the things we don't think about. I'm sure you've probably never done something like this before. And if you have, then I'd love to know what inspired you to actually do this. So yeah, so in summary, what are the things that bring you joy, benefit your personal development and your well-being? So it could be activities, it could be habits that you have, it could be people, it could be things. I'll give you a couple of examples of things I wrote down just to kind of give you an idea of some things that maybe even apply to you as well. One of the things I wrote was spending time with my husband, alone time, speaking to God, spending time with people that I love, laughter, banter. That brings me so much joy. Like when I'm around people that make me laugh or I see something that is so funny, like just the laughter in itself brings me so much joy. Like when I am laughing to the point I can't breathe and my eyes are watering and my belly's hurting and I'm like slapping whatever's around me, like those moments bring me so much joy. Also sometimes when I think of certain memories or I watch a movie and it reminds me of something growing up that was really funny, like those moments in itself bring me so much joy. Another thing that I wrote was, being able to treat myself financially and buying what I want. That also brings me joy. It really does and it really makes me appreciate the life that I have. Another thing that brings me joy is helping people to solve a problem, providing emotional support, coaching others. That really does bring me joy. Sometimes it brings me a little headache too, but (laughs) overall, it brings me joy. 
Now let's get to the other side of things, the liability. So these are going to be things that drain your energy, that negatively impact on your well-being. And similar to assets, they could also be activities that you do, people that you do, routines that you have, habits that you have. It could even be things like unresolved trauma. That could be a liability. That could be something that affects you negatively and it shows up in different areas of your life. It shows up at work. It shows up in your relationships. It shows up with how you treat yourself, how you see yourself. Habits, the lack of or unmaintained boundaries, that could also be a liability. I'll share a couple of things that I wrote as well, again, to to get you thinking about yourself. One of the things that I wrote from my liability is traumatic experiences that I've been through that still have some open wounds. Another thing, being around people who constantly complain all the time with no action, like that really, really drains my energy, especially when they're complaining about the same thing and it's almost like the same conversation. That really drains my energy a lot. One-sided friendships is another thing that I wrote. Feeling used, taken advantage of, or being lied about. Those are one of the things that really drains me or really angers me. Like, if you want me to be angry, do any of those things. <laughs> those are definitely things that really do drain my energy. A habit that I wrote down was procrastinating important tasks and things related to my health. I can give you a prime example of this. I have had an issue with my left foot for at least six years now. I don't actually know what caused this issue. But I think, well, from the podiatrist that I spoke to today, she said that she thinks maybe something happened, that there was like a cut on my foot, which led to this kind of corn type of thing growing. Um, I thought it was a seed corn, it's not a seed corn. She said it definitely looks like it came from some sort of trauma, may have been a cut or a blister on my foot. And over the years, I've tried my little DIYs, you know, I've tried to resolve the issue and I've just kept procrastinating actually seeing a podiatrist. One, because I didn't want to have to pay. Two, because I thought that there wasn't really much they could do about it. It's something that actually really caused me a lot of pain, but I wouldn't complain about it, especially around my husband, because I knew that he would say, oh, go to the doctor's, book the appointment. And I didn't want to hear that. So I've kind of just suffered in silence for such a long time. And I've just been dealing with it. You know, I wear different types of shoes now. I rarely wear heels because I know that it's going to be a problem. It's going to be hurting. But today when I had the podiatrist appointment, I just thought to myself, girl, why didn't you do this sooner? And the worst part is I have insurance and my first general appointment is actually covered under my insurance. And it's just like, I could have done this a long time ago, but I kept procrastinating. First, it was procrastinating whether the insurance would cover it. And last week when I made the call, it literally took two minutes for them to just tell me, yes, it would be covered. And I just thought, why did you procrastinate this for so long? And kind of adding on to another liability for me is grin and bearing unhealthy situations for longer than I should. And my foot problem is really just a prime example of that. And I, when I really look at it, that's something that I do a lot. I feel like my my tolerance for pain can be so high that I will just kind of, you know, just deal with things and it's like, oh, it's okay, it's fine. But I shouldn't do that. And it's definitely something I'm going to need to continue to work on, not procrastinating things, especially when it relates to my health or when it's something important, because I definitely have a habit of doing that. But guys, we're, we're work in progress. Pray for me. I'm working on it. But that's definitely a liability. 
Now I want you to think about for yourself, are there certain relationships that you have that really drain your energy? That when you see certain names pop up on your phone, you're just like, oh gosh, not today, I can't deal with you today. Or certain people, when you see them, you know, it really just affects your energy, it affects your whole day. Think about it. Sometimes we entertain and we keep certain patterns in our relationships because we don't wanna deal with the bigger issue. And sometimes there are certain ways that we can make changes that will impact the relationship positively. It's not always a case of blocking, deleting, cutting someone off. Sometimes just being open and honest about how you feel and really implementing boundaries and putting your cards on the table can make a huge difference. And so many times we make assumptions about how people are gonna react when we're open with them and we tell them how we feel. Until you actually take those steps of being clear and open and honest about how you feel or how other people's actions towards you are affecting you, nothing will be resolved. Everything will always just be your assumptions. And sometimes we do that. We assume that people are not gonna take it well. We assume that they're never gonna change. But until you actually take that step of being open and honest about how you feel about whatever it is and put your cards on the table, you're never gonna know. So I really wanna stress, not all relationships, we just need to cut, block and delete. Sometimes it's really just a matter of being open and honest, setting some boundaries, maintaining boundaries if they have been, you know, shifted and just really being honest, not only with that person, but being honest with yourself. Because like me, I'm sure there's many of us that we grin and bear things that we shouldn't have to be tolerating. So have a think about it, you know, take some time when you're free to do this. Honestly, it's not as scary as it seems. It was actually really, really helpful for me. And I noticed that there was a lot of positive things. There are a lot of assets right now that I have in my emotional inventory. And that makes me really happy to see, because I think if I'd done this two years ago, there would definitely be a lot more liabilities, especially in terms of certain relationships that I had. But right now I couldn't really think of any particular relationship that was like, yeah, this, this is a liability right now. And I'm really grateful for that because I do have some really great people in my life and I'm trying to be more um, open in telling people that I love them, that I care about them because I want people to know how I feel. Sometimes we wait until tragedies to let people know that we love them, to let people know we're proud of them, that we appreciate them. But I'm trying to make it a habit to show my gratitude, to to let people know how I feel about them whilst I can still do that. And yeah, I'm working on it, I'm working on it. One of the great things about doing an activity like this is it's also gonna help you to take stock for yourself. It's gonna probably help you to notice patterns maybe in your liabilities or even in your assets. It's probably even gonna help you to appreciate those good and solid relationships that you do have. Or maybe it will help you identify that that's an area that you need to focus on and prioritize next year. But why wait till next year? We can start working on things now. And it's gonna help you to see ways that you can make improvements, ways that you can do things differently going forward. And a couple of things that you can do is one, therapy. That's an option. If you've ever done therapy, I've never done therapy, but I'm actually at a stage where I'm so open to it. And I do feel like if I felt like I needed it or if I had something very specific that I wanna explore, I would definitely be down for some therapy. And that was definitely not something I was interested in before, but it has been something I've been thinking about for the last couple of months, but I'm kind of like, what is it that I want to achieve from therapy? And I haven't quite come to that conclusion just yet, but it is definitely something that I want to do. Another thing that you can do, maybe if there's specific things that you wanna work on going forward, maybe in terms of your relationships or your habits or the activities that you do, 
is maybe speak to a friend about it, someone that you trust, someone that you know you can be open and honest with. That's gonna be a kind of an accountability partner for you because sometimes we set ourselves these goals or these actions that we're gonna take and we so easily slip back into old habits. Having an accountability partner for many people can really help. It's that classic of when you wanna start getting fit. If you have a gym buddy, it's a lot easier for you to stick to it than if you're doing it on your own. Well, for most people it is anyway. So get an accountability partner, someone you can trust, someone that you can be really honest with, that's gonna encourage you, that's gonna hold you to account. And also maybe it's even gonna be something that brings you and that person closer as well. So those are just a couple of things that you can do to kind of help you to make those changes going forward. Now, I wanna know some of your thoughts. Have you ever done anything like this before? And when you do get a chance to do your emotional inventory, I wanna know, how did you find it? Was there anything new you learned about yourself? Do share it with me. All the ways that you can get in touch with me will be in the show notes. And also, I wanna say, if you're not already following the Pearls and Perils on Instagram or following me at Your Finance PT, then definitely give me a follow. There'll be lots of different content, especially on the Pearls and Perils that I'll be posting going forward. So just bear with me. I currently have two social media accounts that I'm trying to manage, that I'm trying to build and grow. I'm also now on TikTok. So yeah, follow Your Finance PT on TikTok too. But all of the handles will be in the show notes. And most importantly, share with me. I wanna know how you found this episode. And when you do this activity, I want to know what you found. You know, if there's anything you're happy to share with me, then let me know. I hope you have a great rest of your week and I'll be back with you in the next episode.